but Exodus chapter 3, we find a man uh, who God desires to rise up to lead. A man we know by the name of Moses. And uh, yet his response to God's calling upon his life, uh, I would say, is a very similar response that we can often have upon this earth. Um, Exodus chapter 3, and let's look together in verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great side, why the bush is not burnt. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am uh, the God of thy father, and the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. For I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the uh, land unto a good land, and a, large, uh, um, and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold the cry, the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. He shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Look at verse 1 of chapter 4, if you would. The Bible says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord, God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thine bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh." And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. Notice verse number 10. The Bible says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, 
neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. The Bible says in verse number 17, And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. Look at verse 20, if you would. The Bible says, And Moses took his wife and his sons, and set them upon an ass. And he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. If you've noticed and have been following up to this point, you would find a, a change of, uh, really we could say a change of thought in Moses' mind. Uh, notice what the Bible says concerning Moses and uh, his own life in verse number 2. The Lord brings the question to Moses saying, what is in thine hand? His simple response is a rod. The Bible refers again in verse number 4 to that rod as simply a rod in his hand. Again, we, we find that, uh, that rod being mentioned in verse number 17, uh, taking the rod into his hand. But it isn't until verse 20 that it is no longer found as being a rod. But the Bible refers to that rod as what? The rod of God. The rod of God. You see, there, it did not truly become the rod of God until Moses chose to give himself completely and entirely to God himself. You see, at first it was Moses' rod. At first it was Moses' life. It was his mouth. It was his mind. It was his choice. It was all these things. But now he realizes, you know what? Do I really have a choice before God? I'm giving all of what I have. And we see what he gives. He gives of his family. And he gives of his, all of his possessions. All of what he has, now he puts into the hands of God. Tonight I want to talk to you about following the Lord's call for leadership. Following the Lord's call for leadership. We find Moses, a man who is called to be a leader. A man who desires not to be a leader. Uh, but God uses that which Moses has and uses who he was and rises him up to become a leading individual. You realize, uh, men and women, Christians tonight, all of us are called to leadership. Amen? All of us are called to be leaders. You and I are called to be a leader for the Lord, leading others to Christ, leading others to a greater walk with Christ, leading others through our obedience to Christ. And, and it is Moses himself that we find in his, we could call it a journey of responses to God, are very similar to the excuses and the reasons and sometimes good logical, uh, humanly reasoning that we give to God for reasons why we cannot lead. You know, none of us are incapable of leading. Your form of leadership may differ from the person sitting behind you or in front of you or beside you. Uh, your leadership is not necessarily a calling uh, to deliver, you know, thousands of people out of, a, uh, out of a land or a country, should we say. Your calling to God may not necessarily be to be a pastor. It may not be to be a missionary, to go to Israel. <laughs> it may not be a, uh, a, a Sunday school teacher for that matter, but God has called us all to be leaders. God has called us all to be leaders. And the question should be asked tonight is this, is in order to become that leader we have to give, have we given all of ourselves to God? Have we given all of ourselves to God, everything that is of ours, to Christ? God can never truly use us for His ministry to be a leader in His work until we've 
first acknowledge before him that what is mine does not truly belong to me. You know, the biggest reason why we are kept from being a leader is because we're too busy trying to lead our own life. We're happy with our own set of leadership. We're happy with what we want. We're happy with what I feel is right, with what I think is best for my life, rather than simply concluding that what God has for me is all that I need. What God does through me is, is not of my concern. It's simply my willingness to be given to God. And I desire to be used of Him. That should be our heart. And that should be our spirit. We find of Moses a man who is not uh, even called to be a preacher, but simply a man who is called to lead. We find a man who, did, who is not 12, 11 years old, and God said, I'm calling you to be a prophet, and you need to study the Word of God and be prepared to be a preacher. No, this is a man with a, uh, an occupation that could be compared to everyone else across the land. And yet God raises him up to be a leader. You know, the unfortunate thing is, is as Christians and in a body of believers such as tonight, there are many of us that we excuse ourselves for areas and points of leadership in the Christian life because we do not think we are capable. We do not think we are able. We do not think that uh, there is anything of significance to us. But may I say, the problem is, is that we're concluding it in our definition. It's not about what we think. You see, what God sees in us, what God sees through us, what God can do through us is beyond what we could ever imagine when we choose to diligently seek the Lord. There's no telling what God can do for us. You read the book of Hebrews and, and that hall of faith that we would call it in Hebrews 12, and it is Moses who is found as a man who diligently sought the Lord. Could I remind you again of Moses, a man who was a murderer? <laughs> Moses murdered a man. Uh, he, he, he took someone's own life in his own hands. He was a man who uh, he clearly had his own set in way that he wanted to lead. And yet we find a man in the midst of his choice of how I want to lead, in the midst of his choice of sin even before God, yet God still chose to use him. And Christian, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that there, are, there is none of us here this evening that God cannot use us to be leaders. You know, there is a great need for leaders in our country, Christian leaders, people that will stand up for that which is right to speak the truth in love. Amen? People that will uh, be able to stand up uh, faithfully for what is true according to the Word of God. There's a great need for leaders, I know, in Community Bible Church. Men, it is in our very character and God's creation of us as men that we are created to be leaders. We are to be the head of the home uh, uh, and, and, and following God's leadership within the home, but yet being a leader just the same of our family, being a leader just the same among our church family. Ladies, it should be our, your responsibility, our responsibility as God's people to step up and be, step up and be a, a lady of God, to be a leader for the Lord. It is not about what we cannot do. It's about what God can do through us. And this is what Moses keeps concluding over and over and continuously. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not able. And the truth is, Moses, you're right. You can't. That's why you need the Lord. But God does not call us. Catch this. God never calls anyone to do anything that they are not capable of doing. God never calls us to do anything that we are not capable of doing, that we cannot handle. Uh, some, the truth be told, 
is there may be some or someone here tonight who you know that God has been calling you to a role of leadership, but you've been resisting that call. Again, I'm not saying that you have to uh, rise up and go to another place entirely. I'm saying what, is, what area in your Christian life are you leading? Um, for some of us uh, uh, men, unfortunately, we can bow out of our role of leadership. And as we say in, in, our, in our English terms, you know, uh, we let our, our wife uh, wear the pants in the family. <laughs> we, we don't quite so lead our home even as we should. We, don't, we aren't making the decisions within the home as a, as a man of God, a leader as God has created us to be, should be. And for some of us as ladies, maybe it would be that it's, it's not that we don't have the desire to lead, but maybe we've not been following God's role as a wife and, and uh, that area of submission and love to our spouses. It is, it is God's giving of the roles within marriage that help us to understand even yet further the roles of men and women that are to be applied even within the church in the house of God. We find in the very relationship of the Christian and God a marriage relationship illustrated and compared continuously. And it is that marriage relationship when compared in our own Christian life with husband and wife and the roles of the man and a woman that our service to God should be given in, in very much of the same way. The Bible tells us that we have been called to be leaders. In verse number 1, the Bible tells us, now Moses, verse chapter 3, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of the Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Here we find Moses already leading, even though he may not consider himself to be a leader. Somebody says, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's leading a, a flock. This is nothing of great significance. There is no area of leadership that is insignificant to God. Amen? You may say, well, I'm just a manager. I'm just the assistant manager. Uh, I, I'm not actually the boss. I'm not the one in charge. But God can use your role of leadership to be a leader for God where you're at. I say, well, uh, what I do, it's, it's nothing of, it's not even any role of leadership at all. It's, it's, I'm, just, I'm just a regular person. Are you leading others to Christ? Are you being an example of leadership for Christ? What about within your church? Are you being a leader that's willing to give of yourself to God? Here am I, Lord, send me. I'm willing to serve. The leader's the one who's willing to say, I will give. I'm willing to sacrifice. If it means, in Moses' case, my family, to up, move, and leave. If it means that I'm going to give of my possessions, this is no longer my rod, this is the rod of God. It, no matter what it would be, that it, but that it would all be given to Christ. The Bible tells us when it comes to leadership that we must choose uh, to follow no matter when God might call you to lead. Choose to follow no matter when my God might call you to lead. Notice verse 4, the Bible says, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and, and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. Here we find a response that begins with availability. You know, I don't think uh, often that it is even so hard for the Christian to be able to say, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to go. But 
words said of our mouth and actions put out by our feet and our hands are two different things. Uh, it, is, it is Moses who finds uh, that he's speaking before and saying, Here am I, I'm available. But I'm not that available, Lord. I'm not going to give up that much. Boy, how much we do that before God. God calls us uh, to give uh, of our time. Well, I'm not going to give up that much time. God calls us to give up our, of our talents. Well, I'm not going to give up my talents. God calls us to give of, of our own uh, tithe, our treasures, uh, our income. I'm not going to give that much. It is the leader who begins by giving. And responding with availability uh, is, is uh, that first step. But it's not just a response of our voice, but a response of our heart. Number two, respond reverently. Verse 5, the Bible says, uh, Jesus, that God, rather, tells him to put off, of his put off his shoes for he's on holy ground. And our response to God must be with a, an acknowledgement, Lord, here am I, but yet also with a reverence before God. Lord, this isn't my life. This isn't my own. I don't deserve you. I'm unworthy of all that you've given to me. We see Moses' first steps in this area of leadership beginning the right way. Boy, how often it, in the, the Christian's case, God lays us under conviction. The Holy Spirit speaks to us and tugs our heart. And we say, wow, I need to serve the Lord. I need to obey the Lord. Trust and obey. That's right. I need to serve God. I, I, I need to do as God calls me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. We come before the altar. We bow on our knees. We pray. We get down on our knees on the couch after we've read the Word of God. And God has spoken to us about uh, serving and, and being willing to give. And, and yet, we finish the prayer and we get up and we get going with, with uh, our, the rest of our day. And it's as though it never, we never even gave any surrender to God. The Bible tells us a response of reverence, a, a fear before God of acknowledging that this is, I realize that who this is, this is the God of the universe, this is God Jehovah, and what I'm doing is out of a response of love. You see, really what can be said of uh, Moses is we find him in fear, but it's not a reverential fear. He's in fear because of uh, of. Uh, that this is a claim to be God. He is, he is not yet acknowledging before Christ that what I am, have just given myself to do is out of love and obedience to Christ. Well, I've been asked to do it. Well, I, I've been told that I, I should do it. Well, I've been asked if I could volunteer. I said, here am I, but wait a second. I'm not willing to give that much. Boy, how often we do that. How often we are unwilling to sacrifice, unwilling to give. In verse number uh, 6 through 8, the significance of those verses, we actually find uh, God telling us of his, uh, that he is a God of the past, a God of the present, and a God of the future. He, he tells us in verse 6 that he's the God of the past. I am the God of thy father, of the past, the, of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. In verse 7, he says, I have surely seen, I have heard, and I know. He says, he says, I am the God of the present. I am fully aware of what's happening. In verse 8, he says, I am come down to deliver. And he, he tells us, now this is something I am going to do. I'm going to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. One thing that should always be remembered when we come to the point of reverence before God is that God is a God of the past, the present, and the future. God is a God uh, who knows all. He's in control of all. 
He's behind all. It's not for me to conclude my own understanding of it. You see, Moses, uh, it, it would seem, in God's response, is coming before God uh, and, and, and God knowing his heart. And we see in his response up until chapter 4, he's still not concluded to give everything of himself to God. And God is trying to help him to understand, hey, I'm the God of the past, I'm the God of the present, I'm the God of the future, I'm in control of all. Should that not cause you to be in such a reverential fear of me? Not in such an acknowledgement of, uh, well, how could I possibly do this? I'm not able. You see, the fear response that we see of, of, uh, of Moses is one that is um, not willing to follow even when God calls to leave. And we see, uh, secondly, follow because you know God can use you to lead. Who are we following? Again, we're following the Lord's calling. In verse 12, the Bible says, And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee. Boy, what an assurance that should be to us. The truth is, when we say that I can't do something, God uses words such as certainly. Should you really have any doubt that I'm a God of the past, the present, and the future, that I can help you and enable you to do so? I, I realize that there is a point, you know, when, when given opportunity to step in and be a leader that you may just simply have to say no because you're doing too much. But may I say sometimes uh, we excuse ourselves with the no's and we just, it's not a matter of doing too much, it's a matter of I don't want to do. I, I, don't, I don't want to be uh, one to give special music in a church. I don't want to be one that goes out and and uh, gets the gospel out by knocking on doors of people I don't know. I don't want to be the one to serve in a nursery uh, because I don't want to be with those little stinky kids. I don't want to be uh, in the children's church because those kids drive me nuts and I, I don't have patience for them anymore. I don't want to be, we fill in all the blanks. I don't want to be out to Sunday school. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to be known in my workplace as a Christian. I don't want to uh, be the one to... Uh, to make those calls of my family uh, as a father or as a mother uh, and the leader in my home. I want to let my children make their own decisions. And rather than doing and fulfilling God's calling for our life in every area of our life, we excuse ourselves for reasons of why we can't. Well, I'm too old. Well, I, 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 I've done it for so many years. Well, I don't know how to do it. Well, I don't, I, <laughs> truth be told, it's I don't want to do it. I, I, I'm not willing to do that. You know, it's, it's not about who you are or what you can do. It's about your willingness to serve the Lord. Your willingness to serve the Lord. We all can make time to do the things that we really want to do. I'll say that again. We all can make time to do the things we really want to do. If we truly and really want to serve God, we will find and make the time to serve God. If it means staying up late, if it means giving, out, uh, giving up more of our schedule, if it means giving of more of our finances, if, if it means sacrificing more of our talents. The true leader is the, per the individual who's willing to say, I'm going to follow you because I know that you can use me. It's not about what I think. It's about what you can do through me. The Bible tells us in verse 11 that God knows our weakness and strengths for leadership. It is Moses who says, who am I? It's not a, a response of, uh, of humility, but rather it's a response of, uh, who, 
could I, do you really think I can do this, God? A, a response of, uh, of, of sarcasm, a response of, I am truly unable. I, I really don't know how to do this. You're choosing the wrong guy. You're calling the wrong guy to do this. But yet it is God who knows our weaknesses and our strengths. It is God who can use even what we would consider the most insignificant things of our lives for his glory. Um, I can remember uh, one of the things that, for me, I would have thought very insignificant. And uh, really, that how, how could God ever really use, use that for his glory was just the fact of, uh, uh, of me... <laughs> coming from a family where my mo mother is from Hong Kong, and I have that, that part Asian in me. Boy, I don't speak a lick of, uh, of Chinese. I'm about American as they get. But one thing I learned is that I am able to connect that much further with somebody who has a different ethnic background in a way that somebody who does not here in the States can't. And I don't say, well, I'm just better than anyone. I'm simply saying... God has allowed even what I figured was something so insignificant to be able to use for his glory. You may be here tonight and you say, well, uh, I am not married. How could God ever use me? Or I'm a teenager tonight. We got our teenagers in here tonight. I'm, I'm too young. How could God ever use me? Uh, God can use even the, the areas that we would say, it is, it is not even I'm not even ready yet. I'm not even worthy to be used. God can use anyone if we're willing to be used of him. The Bible tells us, follow because you know that God can use you. And God knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths. And again, it is God who never calls us to do something that we cannot handle. Sometimes in roles of leadership, God calls us to do something and we're not happy with that which we're doing. God uh, calls an individual to be a teacher, uh, to be a deacon, to be a husband, to be a wife. And you say, I'm not happy with what God has called me to do. And oftentimes, we take those matters into our own hands and rather than, uh, than fulfilling our role of leadership within those areas of our life, rather we drop out of them. And, and reasons are not because of, uh, you know, I love the Lord and I'm desiring to serve Him. It's, it's more of, well, I'm not able. I'm not comfortable. I don't like it. The Bible tells us God is never... <laughs> a God uh, 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 who gives us something that we are not able to handle. I can't tell you how many times as a young man, who I know that I am, and as a young pastor, that I, that I ask myself as a pastor, how in the world am I to pastor a church? How in the world uh, can I pastor these people? Uh, how in the world can I, can, can I do the things that you're calling me to do, God? I've asked God those questions myself. What I have to be reminded is God never calls us to anything that we cannot handle. Um, there have been times where I've come to pastors and preachers for advice and, and trying to ask, I don't really know, what, what, what should I do? Or what would you suggest that I do in going forward in this? And, and uh, I, I would get a common response often after we conclude and they would give me their advice. They would say, you know what, God... God must really know what he's doing if he's called you there to deal with that situation for that reason, for that time, for that matter. Do I know? No, I don't. Do I want to say before God, who am I? I'm not worthy. Yes, many times. And to be honest with you, oftentimes I find myself doing so and I have to take a step back and realize, you know what? 
do I, am I really simply just willing to give all that I am to God and say, Lord, it's not about what I think. It's not about what I believe I cannot do. It's what I believe that you can do through me. It's Moses who's learning this at this time in his life. And the Bible tells us that he had to learn that, his, uh, uh, that God knows and knew his, of his weaknesses and his strengths. And God, the Bible tells us, knows the people that he calls us to lead. Look at verse 13. The word of God says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? What? He's already concluding. Well, I, I, I think I could already tell you, God, what they're going to say. They're not going to believe me. I, 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 I'm the guy who left. I'm the guy who abandoned them. I, I'm the one who, who, was, who was there and now I'm not. What, what am I really going to, how am I really going to convince them, God? Boy, how often we do that when God calls us in an area of leadership and, say, uh, and we say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. They're never going to understand me. They're not an easy people to work with. <laughs> They're frustrating. God, what do you want me to do? And the Bible tells us, uh, as Jesus, as God, uh, should I say, gives the response in verse number 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. The first thing we can acknowledge of this is that God gives us the words to say. When you simply conclude that God is in control, that he is the past, the present, and the future, that he's behind it all, that he knows your strengths and your weaknesses, and you're submitting yourself before him, having given your life to him and service to him of whatever he would call you to do, it is then that God will so work through your mind, work through your actions, work through your heart, and enable you to do what you cannot do in your own strength. The truth is, as a result of sin, none of us are... are truthfully able to do things the right way. That's why we need the Lord's help. If we follow our sin nature and our own ability to do, to do things, we'll only find ourselves drawing right back to the very sin nature that we have. Right back to sin. Right back to man's approach rather than God's intent. And it is that why we need the Lord. So we see, thirdly, that God knows how he will use us to lead. And as he gives that response, I am has sent me unto you. God is giving an assurance to Moses that as long as he follows him one step at a time, that he would take care of him. As long as you simply do what I call you to do with the light that I've given you uh, for each step of the way, I'm going to take care of you. You have nothing to be concerned about. You have nothing to fear. God, God has the plan for just how he intends to use you. The question is, are you willing to give of yourself? The Bible tells us again, and as I've already brought to you in the beginning of this message, but verse 1 of chapter 4, Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me. It is the third point that we find that we must follow even when you are the only one leading. Follow even when you are the only one leading. They're, they're not going to trust what I say. Here God has said all these things thus far. In the past, the present, and the future. Certainly, he says, certainly I will be with thee. Uh, I, I have assured you multiple times that I'm going to take care of you, and yet Moses still says, they will not believe me. We find God using those insignificant things, a rod of all things. How can I lead? I'm going to use what is yours, Moses. 
That, that which is in your hand. He asks him that question in verse number 2. What is in thine hand? You know, God asks us the same question when it comes to leadership. What is in your hand? You know, oftentimes we have so many other things in our hands that we are not using for the service of God rather than simply saying, Lord, you know, this isn't mine to begin with. These car keys, they're not mine, they're yours. <laughs> the, the, that, this house that, you, that I'm living in, it's not mine, it's yours. This body which I possess is not mine, it belongs to you. Everything I have belongs to you. It should be said of us that this is not my car, but this is God's car. This is not my house, but this is God's house. This is not my body, but this is God's body. And this is what happens with Moses. It becomes Moses' rod in his hand, but now God tells us as he gives his family, and he gives of his time, and he gives of his possessions, it's now the rod of God. It's of the Lord. It's, it's not of what I, what I can do in my strength. Somebody says, well, I, I, don't, I don't have any talents or gifts that I can give or areas that I can serve. God can use the most insignificant, what we would call the most insignificant things for his honor and his glory. Well, God has not called me. I don't believe that God has called me to be a leader or a speaker in front of people. Well, that's okay. Delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give thee desires of thine heart. When you choose to love the Lord, to serve the Lord, your desires become his desires. God will use your skills, your talents, your interests to bring honor and glory to him. It is not that we conclude, what is in my hand? Well, here's what I have. No, it's what has God given to me that I can use for him? You see, this is what God is trying to draw Moses to a conclusion, to understand that I can use even the most insignificant things. Number two, we find that God will use our example. In verse 8, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. It is God who proved through these different incidents this uh, turning of his hand into leprosy and turning it back to normal, the turning of his rod into a serpent and turning it back into normal, that these were going to work as signs that the people would be drawn to Christ as a result. And it is God, catch this, it is God who when we simply choose to give ourselves to Christ, in whatever it may be, give all that we have to Christ, that God will use our areas of service to have a role of leadership to others' lives. Others will follow. The truth is, we all, as I said at the beginning, we all have people who are following us. We all have people who are following us. Uh, sometimes it is the, the little ones, the kids. <laughs> Other times, it's somebody who's right at our age. Uh, sometimes it's um, somebody who's they, they admire you or they respect you. Maybe you don't even realize they do, but they're following you and they're watching you. And what you choose to do or don't do could really determine their service to God just the same. And it is God who does not make us do anything, but it is God who uses our roles of leadership to stir others' hearts to serve God also. You, you may conclude in your mind that you know, no one even notices I'm there. You, you realize that the love of God and the service, the, the loving God is service to him. And when you love God, you serve him, you give your allegiance and, and your everything of yourself to him. That, that is attractive to others. I know I've said this before, but Christ is attractive. 
Why is it that a, a, a kid who keeps coming back to church and he can't sit still and he can't pay attention and, and he, he doesn't seem to be getting anything out of the message, why does he keep coming back to church? Well, some would say, well, it's because his mom made him. Well, that is some kind, sometimes the case. Well, it's because there was a promotion that day and he wanted to get you know, free crayons or something for that day. Well, that could be the case. What I believe, most of, the biggest thing is, whether it's the parents you see it or the child themselves, they see that there is the love of Christ that's there in the church. And it is that which keeps drawing them back. Let me tell you, Christian, the same thing works in our lives. When you choose just to love God, to fear Him with a reverential fear, you've given Him all of yourself, and you say, Lord, use me to be a leader in whatever area you call me to be. Here, my Lord, send me. It's not about what I can do. It's, it's, it's about what you can do through me. When we conclude nothing more than that within our life, others will follow our leadership. Can you imagine with me for just a moment, what if everyone in Community Bible Church so gave of everything of ourselves to God to serve God in whatever area that he would call us to do, and we stepped up to that role of leadership, what a difference that would make, not just in our church, but to our community, to the lost. Hey, even to the Christian, just the same. The Bible tells us that God will use the insignificant, God will use our example. Number three, God will give you the words, the ability to say, and we find that in verse 10, yet again, as we've already seen thus far, Moses said to the Lord, O oh my God, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Yeah, I, I truly believe that Moses is giving a, yes, an excuse, but he's giving it a, uh, what he believed was an honest, good reason for why I can't do this. He, he likely did have a problem that he couldn't speak. I don't know. But the, God, again, <laughs> brings him back to the understanding. It's not about what you cannot do. In fact, as a result of his answer, it even draws God to anger. And not an unrighteous anger, but a righteous anger. He says in verse 14, the Bible says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled because Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when, he seemeth thee, uh, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Sometimes when God calls us to lead, we say, well, I need help. Well, God will rise up people to help you. Yeah, there, are, there are fully capable people who, when seeing your leadership, they will follow. You say, well, it sure doesn't seem like they're following. Well, trust in God. Believe that God can use you to be a leader. Um, you know, I don't know tonight where your heart is, but you can never be the leader for Christ that you can be and should be until you've first given everything to Him. You've got to be willing to give it all. Your family, your possessions, your time, everything. If you're willing to sacrifice that much before God, there's no telling what God can do through your life. But it's when we excuse ourselves, I don't have time, I'm not able, I've never done it before, I'm not comfortable with this, it's not something I like to do. And we, in other words, push out in our mind that God is past, present, and future, that He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and that His Holy Spirit can enable us and empower us to do that which we cannot do in our own power. When we push all of that in our mind, we'll only keep walking through the journey, in some cases even of the Christian life, without any role of leadership for God at all. It's sad to say that many churches today are, I use the word functioning, they're going, but no one's leading. 
the, the, the leadership is left to, well, it's the person who's in charge, it's the pastor. No, the, the church is the people. The, yes, God gives, there must be a leader for every, for every area, one person who's hoping to oversee, and God instructs that, but there must be us as God's people also stepping up to lead. And, and how, why is it that we see um, the ministries of God in churches all across the world dwindling uh, in, in attendance? Uh, because people are stepping out of being willing to lead. Older people are saying, I've had enough. They're saying, I'm retired. I've, I've served my time. Younger people are saying, well, why should I serve? The older aren't even doing it. Why should I have any desire to serve? I, I don't even have the time to do it. And we give ourselves every excuse in the book. But let me ask you, Christian, are you serving? Because when you're serving, you're leading. When you're serving the Lord with all of your heart and giving everything to Him, it is then that God can use you to instrumentally be an example to others. Let's have a very